0: Welcome to Kingdom Builders Podcast. We are here to talk about the awesomeness of Yahweh. And my name is Christine Smith. I'm Kimberly Villanueva.
1: (laughs) I don't know my name.
0: I don't either. I really don't know this
1: guy. I'm just some weirdo sitting here (laughs) behind the mic.
0: This is my husband, Jason Villanueva. Hi. He thinks he's the audio producer today, but he really... Has a lot to add to the conversation. We, we may have to see. remind him. Don't let him fool. To add to the conversation. You <laughs> yes. might.
1: You'll have to prod me.
0: So, jeez. all <laughs> nice. uh, So, you guys, were are excited to be um, doing some Q&A today. And uh, we have some really deep and fun questions today.
1: Deep and fun. Deep yes. and fun questions are really deep and fun.
0: Kim won't know that song because she she's not churched. I was just
2: talking about <laughs> how I'm not churched and how I've, the Lord has like spared me from some knowledge about the church and Christianity with quote fingers and I have to say that because it's like the religion part you know what I mean like mm-hmm. there's just some things that I don't know like Christian kid songs, like Christian kid songs. <laughs> <laughs> and although Christine and I are sisters, full-blooded, true, we grew
0: up together. We look nothing alike.
2: We look okay. I wasn't going to talk about that. That's true. Okay, <laughs> but although we grew up together, I'm still not church while she is. It's just this strange. Thing. It's
0: kind of a weird thing because when I was in college, I was just like you, Kim, and I'm like, wait. Easter has to do with Jesus and where's the bunny? <laughs> and I remember um, <laughs> I remember um, all of my friends singing these kid Christian songs on a bus and I knew nothing. None of them at all. But you know what I did learn way back then, in like 99, I learned the whole baby shark song. That everyone now is getting into That's it, and they someone taught me actually these. recorded it
1: well. It was like a youth group thing though, right? I don't know. Now-
0: I learned it on the bus with the kid Christian songs in college. I learned it from I have a no idea. I
1: learned it from a youth group kid.
0: <laughs> anyway. Okay, all of this to say
2: that there are some of these questions that I don't even know what they mean. <laughs> and it's because well, I feel like it's because I'm unchurched.
0: Whatever Maybe. I do feel like that, I feel she does like that. feel, and her feelings are valid. I validate your feelings. Thanks.
2: <laughs> feelings may not be fact, but they are valid, <laughs> and they are real. Feelings are real,
0: but they may not be fact.
2: Truth. See, I, I use your
0: language. You try. I do try. I know. Kim's a thinker, so she's trying to talk about feelings as if she has some. <laughs> I'm just kidding this is my no, sister I can no say comment. things like this <laughs> no comment that's the hell I will be ganged up <laughs> for on. the
1: sake of peace in our relationship no comment oh goodness right
0: all right so on to it shall we
2: yes
1: yes so wait
2: wait I was just gonna say because I I'm just gonna tell you if you're listening and you don't know what the heck we're talking about you're not alone <laughs> <laughs>
1: But that's why we have Q&A.
2: It's it's why we have Q&A. But I will also say this. This is what I've learned in the last few years. The best way to learn anything about the Father or Jesus or Holy Spirit is to you go personally. So although we are putting out this resource for questions and answers to share some of the knowledge and wisdom that we've received from the Lord. Always, always go to him because he will show you these things and he may tell you something different than what we say and that is okay end
0: podcast just kidding yes no i right. totally agree they're like you just closed <laughs> down the whole podcast we will never record the, again
1: welcome to the point you to jesus podcast where we point you to jesus go to jesus and we'll see you next week for our next episode of the point to jesus podcast You're,
2: listen this was very valid so listen, John
1: sixteen thirteen. Yeah. but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. And so, yes. Yes. So spirit. while you're
0: listening to us, <clears throat> also listen to the Lord. Right. It's true. My hope and prayer is that Holy Spirit speaks to you through our stories, even our banter at times, and just... Especially through our experiences um, with Holy Spirit, with Jesus, and with the Father. Right. Um, that's the point. That's why we do this. It's not because we know everything. We can do Q oh and A, and we can be totally, so absolutely true. off. Um, but really, my answers, and I think it's like this for everybody. We just give answers of our personal experience. That's right. It's not, hey, we know we're right.
1: Correct. It's that
0: here's our journey, and this is how the Lord has led us. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we can give some good answers for things just because of our experience, and we're still on that journey to grow and learn and discover more and more every day. Right. right. And this
2: sparks conversations that we may not already have with each other. We may not have in any other situation because other people are asking it. And so I know I have personally learned, like, just gone through this process of talking it through and learned while we're on the podcast.
1: That's what I was going to say.
2: Because he's he's speaking to us as well. Like, just know that even just before we started recording, um, before we started the podcast, we took a moment and... We focused on the Lord, and it is our desire to only be saying what he's telling us to say. That's right.
1: Sometimes your cues lead to the ace of our cues.
2: Like a line? Like that kind of cue?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who's not from Wichita won't get that.
0: Oh, what? what? Anyone who's not from Wichita—that's that, such a British thing. That's what
1: I was thinking. A Q line is
0: Q. Everybody's no, like not, Q. Up. Not
2: a Q line like the Trolley oh, see, in Wichita. somebody who's not Q, cultured won't get <laughs>
1: that.
0: Q like Q U E U E is uh-huh. a line. Like, oh, a Q. You get in a Q. You get in a line. Oh, I
1: know what a yeah. Q is, but I was <laughs> talking about a Q as in the question.
0: You know what I was thinking when he said the Q is in the question. I thought he was talking about like a pool cube. <laughs> <laughs> I had a. This C- is U- our Q-, e.
1: Q and A, and so sometimes <laughs> your cues lead to the As of our cues, right? And Questions. that spells quack.
0: Okay. Quack. Let's go. All right, number one. This is the first question. This is someone sent this in um, and said, "How do I get over the fear?" That I will look strange to other people if they see me engaging completely submerged. I'm sure she's asking, you know, in the Lord. Mm. So I know that what she was referring to was she'd been watching some um, Justin Abraham. Mm -hmm. And Justin Abraham, he is what I would call a flamboyant Christian, you know, like um he's self-proclaimed whacked he always says that he's getting whacked and it's like it's basically he's talking about getting uh high in the lord or totally out there um it's kind of like a lot of people getting drunk in the spirit but it's mm-hmm. a um yeah so anyway when he gets whacked he will oftentimes whoa you know stuff like that and <laughs> it's so fun to listen to it about. is fun <laughs> First time I listened to him, like, oh my goodness, I don't think my husband's ready for this. And so I shut it off. <laughs>
2: I think that might have happened with us as well.
1: Well, we listened together. You were like, Christine said, listen to this, but we got to get over some of the weirdness. And then <laughs> that kind of stuff was going on. And I was like, ooh. Okay. I
2: know. That was in the beginning. But then now I listen now to him. Funny. And if he doesn't do it, I'm like, dude, that was not even <laughs> obviously. It's awesome.
0: So this person with um saying, how do I get over the fear of being completely submerged? I think the point is, how can I be okay with being totally overtaken by the Lord around people? You know, um mm-hmm. if my worship looks crazy or if, um you know, all of that sort of thing. That's what I, I am interpreting the question as. Is that how you guys are seeing it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about how to answer it nicely.
0: Well, I know how to answer it, but
1: we'll answer it. Just, <laughs> I, I mean, it. It's. I mean, the question is: Do you want the Lord, or you know, do you want to be seen as not weird by people? Like that's the question, I suppose.
0: Here's what I would say, um, maybe in a nicer way. Oh, right. I mean, <laughs> is I. I think a lot of people struggle with um, the fear of man and what people think of them, and I don't want to give the wrong impression, Uh, you know, I don't want to draw people away from the Lord, I don't want people to disrespect me, you know, this is, it's something that I think a lot of people deal with. I know I dealt with it for a long time, and probably still do to an extent, but um, it was really bad at first, and I was all the time like, oh, no, what if they see me like this and think I'm different than I am? Or, you know, or maybe they see me for who I truly am and that freaks everybody out. And then no one likes me. (laughs) And um, the Lord really dealt with me a lot on this and showed me that I had a familiar spirit that was with me for a long time, maybe my whole life. And that when something would happen, I would run back to that instead of running to the Lord and what had to happen with me is I had to go and completely repent and break any any agreement I made with that spirit so that that wasn't always what I ran back to. And things have shifted a lot for me. You know, now if someone does, you know, says something bad about me for who I am or what I'm teaching or something like that, now I'm just like oh, yeah, Satan, I don't think about how much they hate me or, oh, no, poor me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like that at all. And so it's easier to, I would say, be submerged in front of people um, Mm -hmm. for me. Now, I also am not, I don't really, personally, I'm not hugely charismatic Mm-hmm. When I am doing anything, which is funny because I used to consider myself a charismatic because I was compared to mm, pretty much everyone I knew. Right. But now I'm around a lot of people who are falling out in their chairs and like you know uh, can't quit shaking and and woo woo all the time. And that's just I I don't act like that, and it's not because I don't want to. It's just not how the it's Lord just not how it acts happens, in me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. um For me, I don't really ever have that happen, but I'm open and I just want to do whatever he's
1: doing in me. Yeah. And I, so I get the heart of the question now. It's like, it's more like making the statement, like, I want to be fully submerged in the Lord, but I have this fear and I don't want to have this fear. And so when you have that in you and you don't want it, take it to the Lord and give it to him and say, Hey, I don't I don't want this, right? Like I have this, this sucks. I understand there's an issue going on here. And give it to the Lord. I would also say don't also don't put yourself in a box thinking that the way that you've seen other people fully submerged is what you're gonna look like when you're fully submerged. Yes, absolutely. And don't have that either as an expectation of what's supposed to happen in order for you to be fully submerged. Mm-hmm. Because I mean I've heard stories about people being like completely frozen like in a trance, and just mm-hmm. they can't move, and they're just there. Well, there's a lot of frozen, unmoving people in every church in America on Sunday mornings. They're just probably not frozen, submerged in the Lord. They're just sitting there still because that's what a lot of people do in church. So, you you know, it's it's a hard issue. It's a focus issue. So, Justin Abraham, he's hooting and hollering. I mean, that's just the way that the Lord made him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to be you. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have an expectation that that's what I'm going to look like. Mm-hmm. So focus on being fully submerged in the Lord and whatever it looks like is what it looks like. And ask the Lord to, if you're going to look cuckoo to others, take away that fear.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. I was going to. It's funny that I would be the person to say this, but I am drawn to some scripture about this. Um, Romans twelve too, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world right? Um, I mean, I can, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, But I would say there's a whole thing about not conforming to this world. And we've been brought up in this world. And that's where we have um, had a lot of our focus for a lot of our lives. If I guess I say our, if you're anything like me, Um, this has happened and so I'm used to the patterns of this world and so I've wanted to conform I want to fit in this is just kind of part of being human a bit Um, there are some people who don't have that and I applaud you for that because that's awesome Um, but the more that you commune with the father the more you'll be like him and conform to the image that he has made you in Uh, He has this whole identity for you and he has, he knows how he's going to work through you. He knows what he needs to do. He knows what's best for you. So instead of focusing on the world, and I'm not saying this in an unkind way because I've struggled with the same thing, truly. You know what I mean? Like, oh, will I raise my hands or will I not in worship? You know, like this has happened. This is a real thing for me too. But a lot of it is really taking the focus off of what's in the world and focusing on what is in heaven. What is the Father doing? What is he showing you to do? Where is he leading you? How is he um, inspiring you in whatever is happening right now in the spirit? Um, Because it's it's not the natural that's inspiring this. And so I think just sometimes a mind shift in that way can help a lot. Um, and then funny, this is the third time this has come up today. We were just in Psalm 34 um, and there was one scripture that stuck out to me today in here and it says, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And I would just encourage you to continue to look to him because he will cover you in his radiance, you know, and If your eyes are on him, you can't be covered with shame.
1: Mm, That's good.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Good. Okay, cool. That's good. (coughs) Good question, number one. Thank you, woman. Now, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to say names.
1: Yeah, right. Anyway, number
0: two, Um, what if I'm afraid (coughs) to engage and... God gives me this download and I do not want to do it, but now I'm responsible. So maybe it's best I do not engage. So I'm not responsible for something I do not want to do.
2: Hmm. Well, I would Who not wants say to put that, it nicely? I would say that's not the best method. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh.
2: I I think he I think the Lord does things to help grow us and shape us. And I know he will do things that cause us to get outside of our comfort zone. Um, but it's important that you do these things, um, because it is for his glory. It can't be for your own. And he really will help mature you and bring you into who you're supposed to be. I'm always going back to identity and I'm sorry. This is just one of the Don't songs apologize. that I sing. Sing it uh but it's uncomfortable in the beginning it's super uncomfortable because again you're not used to it but the more you do it the more comfortable it will get even when it's an uncomfortable thing he's telling you to do because as your confidence grows in him and who he is and his sovereignty and how he won't fail you the more this happens the more confident you can be in what you're doing but it is a process Like, uh, nobody just gets thrown in the pool and starts like, you don't get thrown into the Olympic pool and just start running these races with these people who've been training for years.
1: You know, like that doesn't
2: happen. You, you learn to swim, you learn to float, you learn, you learn the basics and then you can start moving faster and you can start being stronger in this stuff. But it, it is really the same with him. Like he does things to help train you into who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing for
0: him.
1: Right. So I don't know if this is the same person asking this. It is. Okay. So there, I mean, two questions dealing with fear, just one after the other. Fear fear that I'm going to look crazy and even fear that I just don't even want to, like, what if I hear something that I don't want to do? Like, there's just this fear. Welcome to
0: my life. That's what I say. (laughs) Golly. Well, maybe
1: you should be the one to talk about this then. Just... (laughs) You know, I, I what, what is the narrative that that you're believing, right? Like who, who has lied to you? I suppose. Um, I don't know. It's. I would think to myself, and here I am, and then the Lord's probably going to drop something on me that's going to mess up my world. But, like, <laughs> I mean, the desire to be in His will is it is it there, and is it a desire above all else, right? Like I'll do anything, I'll go anywhere kind of situation. And I think it's okay to like pray that. And then the Lord like do something that really messes you up, gets you out of your comfort zone. But again, you know, Kim just said like the Lord knows what's best and he's going to lead you. And, and so like, you know, I talked about this on another podcast, you know, I used to say, I'm so excited about what God's going to do through me. Like, I just want to be used by God. Like I'm going to be this guy and I'm going to you know, whatever, like reach people and do big things and all these things that people say. And I was excited about that. And somebody one day just said to me, you know, I, I believe God's going to do something through you, but he wants to do something in you. And so it's like Moses, God comes to him and says, hey, you're going to be my instrument. Um, you're going to be a deliverer for my people. And so you're going to go to Pharaoh. You're going to do this, that, and the other Well, Moses was scared to death, um, uncomfortable, uncomfortable felt unworthy, all that stuff, certainly un- certainly uncomfortable, and then having to go back to Pharaoh's courts and approach him and say, hey, uh, you know, I know we've got to pass, but God said he's going to do some bad stuff if you don't let, you know, like, totally uncomfortable situation, but I believe that also God was doing something in Moses, and, you know, Moses said, I don't want to go if you're not going to come with me, right, and so God's like, I'll be with you, like, tell them, it, tell them I am sent you, right, like, the power's going to be there, my presence is going to be there, you know, cloud and pillar of fire, miraculous signs and wonders, and, you know, like, the Lord followed Moses, um, or led him to do all this, and was right there with him every step of the way. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know that we should allow fear to continue to grow and fester and exist. I think it's okay to consider that you might be put into... To some uncomfortable situations, but also think about that being an opportunity for God to continue to reveal himself to you in a real way mm-hmm. so that you experience the part of him that maybe you've not experienced, mm-hmm. right? So if God asks you to go do something that makes you uncomfortable and you don't want to do it, well, guess what? You get to you get to experience and learn a new part of the Father, and he's going to reveal that to you as you go and do the crazy, uncomfortable, wacky thing that he asks you to do, right? Right.
2: I have something else to say, sorry before you go Chris. <laughs> um and uh I will preface this and I will say this is not meant to be harsh but I think it needs to be said. In this question um it says God gives me this download and I do not want to do it, but now I'm responsible. So maybe it's best I don't engage. <laughs> so I'm not responsible for something I don't want to do. Um, my question is whose will are you trying to do? Um, mm-hmm. If it is the Lord's will and He wants you to do it, you're either obedient or you're not. So um, I don't want to be unkind and I don't want to be unloving to anyone who's thinking this, but. I think you have to get to the place where you're saying, is this about my will or is it about his?
0: That's exactly what I was going to lead into. Um, with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, it says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. I would just say this. Every single person has a destiny that God has planned out for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you really think just because, uh, you decide not to follow or seek after your destiny, that it's not there. Hello, Jonah. God has a plan for you, whether you want to fulfill it or not. You're still responsible for the plan, even right. if you're trying to avoid it. Right. And so, I mean, all of us are responsible um, for doing it. Even if we go the opposite direction and are completely disobedient and don't even seek him at all, we still have this destiny that God has planned out for us. And not only that, but it's a good one. And it's the best one. And so it's really interesting that we, as humans, try to think that we can get out of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we can. We have free will, right? We can run from it for a very long time. But God will... Figure out a way to bring it back together. You might be swallowed happen. up by a big fish. Maybe you might be smelling like vomit at the end. You it, know, it, it can. Ha- it has that's happened. not a fun place to be. Just do it. Yeah, you know? lem-
1: let me tell you a little story, <laughs> just very quickly. So, I had a I did a lot of running from the Lord in my twenties, and um, you know, I met him when I was a teen, and. When I entered into a relationship with him, it completely shifted the trajectory of my life and there was no not knowing God. It's, you know, so like, even though, even though I knew I was essentially running or trying to hide, I knew I was laid bare before the Lord, right? Like, obviously he saw everything I was doing, Um, but there was a time in my life where I just kind of was saying, you know what, screw it. I'm going to do whatever I want, and that's what I'm going to do. And so I went that route. Well, my dad invited me to church one day on Father's Day. And let me just tell you that when I walked into that building, into that place, the presence of God was there. And it was like, as I walked through the door, he was standing at the front, like, looking at me saying, it's time to talk, boy. (laughs) <laughs> you know, the Lord disciplines those he loves. It was, a, it was a moment of discipline, that's for sure, but it was a moment of love also. And so, you know, I, I walked into this place and God was standing right there and there was nothing I can do about it. So it's like, well, I don't want to engage because I don't want to hear what he has to say. Well, if he has something to say to you, he's going to say it, right? He's, he's, he's going to be there. But it's, you know, it's a love thing. Right, he chases us down. <laughs> right, he's got a destiny. It's he, the Lord has a will. His will shall prevail. It's gonna happen. So, same same thing you just said. Right, can't run from your destiny. If he's got something for you, it's gonna happen. We're all those of us who are in Him have He knew before the foundation of the earth, and we were predestined for good works and to be conformed to His likeness. So, mm-hmm. it's gonna happen. True that. Yeah, and that's a good thing. It's exciting.
0: It is. And even though it's, it's you know, sometimes crazy uncomfortable. When I said, yeah, that's me. Welcome to my life. I wasn't kidding. Like everything it seems he calls me to I'm uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. I have people who say, well, you know, if you hear him tell you to do something and there's not a piece surrounding it, then it's not him. And I'm just like, really? Why is he like this with me then? Because he's like pushing me to where I am you know, freaking out every time about doing what he's telling me to do. (laughs) It's always so uncomfortable for me. And it's always good on the other side. But, man, I can't say that I'm ever like, well, this feels really good. I I mean, that doesn't happen too often for me. Usually, I am either annoyed with it and I'm not saying this in a rude way to God he knows my heart he knows I love him more than anything which is why I step through the fear why I step through the uncomfortable or the annoyance to do it and it's always good on the other side but he knows that this is how I am if I'm called to do something I'm going to do it because I know beyond my feelings are something better (laughs) you know and that's what we have to do is start letting the spirit lead our soul instead of our soul lead our spirit mm-hmm. and so once we let the soul lead it's just going to stink for the rest of our lives you know if we allow the spirit to lead our soul comes under submission and even though things seem uncomfortable it just turns out for God's glory it's great so yeah all yeah.
1: okay good stuff
0: next question all right so, um, you, this person says, yod hey vav hey and Lion-Man-Ox-Eagle. How does saying these things help to engage, and why do some people do this and others do not? Hmm. It's an interesting
2: question. I don't personally say these things, but it, it, it would be my guess. Obviously, it just has to be a guess because I don't do it. It would be my guess that it is just a way to get yourself focused on God, like who he is.
0: That would be my assumption. Well, for me, it's really interesting because, you know, for years, that wasn't even on my radar or anything. Um, I don't even remember. I think I may have been listening to Ian Clayton or something like that. Maybe Mike Parsons. I don't know, but... Nope, it was inkling. Anyway, I was listening to him one time and um, and I remember him talking about um, singing, um, singing yod he vav Vavhe, which is, you know, Yahweh, that's the, the letters, the Hebrew letters that make up the... The name of God, basically. Okay. So Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, you throw a Shen in the middle and then we're talking Yeshua and Jesus. So Yod-Heh-Shen-Vav-Heh. So a lot of people do that too. But um, he was talking about when you are singing the Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, you are stepping into his name and it's bringing you into alignment. So it's, it's, uh, it's a way of worshiping. It's a way of worship. And it's a way of focusing yourself in him, becoming one with him, so that then you can see through his eyes and experience things differently. And so for me, I am constantly still, I don't know why, when he said that, it resonated with me deeply. And so every time I'm in worship, I am doing this undertone of yod Vavhe vav he in my spirit and usually out loud. <laughs> hmm. And... Uh, If I'm by myself, (laughs) I am usually turning to the north, east, south, and west when I'm doing it. And I am thinking of the lion, ox, eagle, and man. And that is because that's the four faces of God that are before the throne. And when we stand in the center of his name and we are focusing through that, the Lord shows us in different perspectives what he wants us to see and how he wants us to see it. So I could look at Jason through my physical eyes and see him like shaking his head, working on the computer, you know, all this stuff, right? But if I'm looking at him through the eyes of an eagle, then I'm seeing through the eyes of the apostle. And so I'm hmm. going to be looking at him and what he's doing and going, I'm seeing this, everything around him that's happening in the spirit and how things need to come together. Kim often sees through the eyes of the apostle. So for me... Actually, the one I see the most through the eye of the lion, the leader, and so the ruler. And that's the Lord always shows me what's happening in the spirit and how to take complete authority in the spirit. And I may, you know, really start doing things in the spirit, like the line of Judah, you know, and even with him. And so there are different ways of doing this, and no one has to do any of this. Right? It's just um, certain things resonate with different people, and um, there's nothing that—there's no formula of seeking the Lord. I mean, uh, he can meet us anywhere. Different people have different things that they do to get focused in the Lord. You know, some people, they have to have the lighting perfect, and mm-hmm. it has to be dimmed, and then they have to have this, this perfect music on in the background, and that's cool. That's not me, you know? I mean, for mm-hmm. me, I do different things. And so, um, you know, we're all different. I think that those things, it's not about saying these things. We do release a certain frequency when we sing, you know, when we, when we speak, when we even are emitting love. There are things that happen in the natural when this happens and our body reacts to it. And so that's basically, if you want to say things or do things out loud, that's what you're doing. And it can affect the spirit as well. But is it essential to seeking him? No, I wouldn't say so. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think just looking at that and the way you explained it, um, you know, the the lion, the man, the ox, and the eagle, that also co- correlates to the Gospels and the way that Christ was presented. And they were presenting different attributes of who he was. Right. And so just like you're saying, the lion, the leader, um, the eagle, the apostle, that stuff. Ox, prophet, man, priest. Right. So, um, focusing on those different. I mean, you're just using words to to focus, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's something about singing, and then now you're getting into frequency and that kind of thing. But again, it's all it's all tools for focus, Mm -hmm. right? Some people focus on a certain verse, or some people will start to speak in tongues, or Mm -hmm. you know, some people will just say Jesus over and over again, or you know, I mean, there's all different kinds of attributes and names and characteristics of god and you can choose any one of them Mm
0: -hmm.
1: provider you know forgiver whatever it is right sacrifice savior all those things and yeah just like you said there's no one way to engage there's no formula it's focus in right Right. choose a word (laughs) (laughs) pretty much
0: yeah i like choosing his name i think that for me, there's something special in that, being in him, you know, but everyone can do that in a different way. Um, whatever you do, be led. I guess um, to sum up those first three questions, just stop focusing on the natural. Stop focusing on yourself and just start focusing on what he's leading you to do. hmm and yeah. when you focus there, the other things drop away and everything kind of falls to the ground after that, you know? So anyway, there's the sum of that. That's
2: good. I was going to add that although I said that I don't do the yod Vavhe vav he and step into his name, he has shown me another way that I step into him. Mm-hmm. And it's in a different place, and it is a different way. And I don't say something; I don't mm-hmm. have to go through some action. But mm-hmm. he has shown me how to become one with him, mm-hmm. um, and it is completely different than what I've heard from anyone else. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't talk about it to people because it's kind of a really personal thing. You know what I mean? Like, how do I become one with? Jesus, who is my husband mm-hmm. in heaven, like that's who he is. And how do I become one with him? And it's not a sexual thing, but it is like, it's very personal for me. And so he's just, there was just one day that he showed me that he said, we need to be one. And he mm-hmm. showed me how this happens. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's just a different way, but it's really good for me because i know that it's personal Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i don't have to rely on other people's experiences and how he's one with them right he has custom made this way to be one with me Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and to me that's it's priceless it's very precious to me Mm -hmm.
0: well you know what's interesting is that um for me there's never one way so i don't have one way that that happens it happens in so many different ways so like like the yod he vav thing do i do that every day no not even close like not mm-hmm. in, probably like not i don't know once a month or something maybe right you know mm-hmm. that that becomes really important now i do have a tendency to go um through the four faces of god and And do that um, on a daily when I am really focused on commanding my day, you know, Mm -hmm. that's something that's one of those, I guess, kind of practices for me after I lay myself out as a living sacrifice. But when it comes to becoming one with Jesus or the Father, Mm -hmm. um, that's totally different. In fact, it's just happened in so many different places and so many different ways I've Had all sorts of strange experiences where before I remember, I remember one time just having an experience with an angel who was saying, Well, you need to become one with God to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Well, yeah, that's what I've been trying to do my whole life. How in the heck do I do that? You know? Mm -hmm. And I remember having this conversation with this angel, which is hilarious. People think I'm crazy, probably, but this is. It was so funny because I had no idea because all I knew was I was trying to seek intimacy and oneness with him like my whole life. Mm -hmm. And there's this concept of of having that happen and then this disconnect sometimes in how it actually does happen. And really Mm -hmm. it has to be just something personal, like you said, that he will bring you in and show you. And then all of a sudden it's like really easy and you're going, oh, I didn't get it. It was that simple. Right. You know? Right. Well, and I think there's a lot to be said
2: about, excuse me, about refraining from any kind of relationship envy. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm sitting here and you're saying, well, we do this all these different ways. He's shown me all these different ways. I can, I become one with him in all these places, all these scenarios, all these methods. And I think, well, he's only shown me one. I must be doing something wrong. I must not be as good. No, he's tailor made this for me. Right. And he has tailor made that for you Mm -hmm. because that is how the fulfillment of that relationship will manifest itself most with you and how it will manifest itself most with me. Yeah. You know, I have tendencies toward, I like patterns, I like routine, I like those things. And he knows that. And so he says, this is how we do this.
0: Right. And for me, I'm the total opposite. Exactly. I'm like, we're doing this podcast and I'm thinking of 500 different things in my mind the whole time, just because that's how I function. Mm -hmm. And I'm always doing everything. And that's how I am with him. And it's funny, I was thinking about this earlier because, you know, some people have we were talking about how people manifest and you know uh when i say manifest like with the presence of the lord and stuff and um you know i have said a thousand times i'm allergic to fun right Mm -hmm. um that's just something i really like deep everything that's what i want is everything to be deep and serious and um yeah i like to have fun and laugh a little but in a serious way in a serious (laughs) way no (laughs) that's the funny that's the funniest thing about it my relationship with the with the Lord completely reflects that. Mm-hmm. So when I engage with other people, which I do all the time, every day, I, I lead people in and we engage together and they'll have these, you know, hilarious things happen between them and the Lord or them and angels or something. And they'll be playing games or he'll be doing something goofy. And that never happens with me. Mm-hmm. Never. Never. But I don't really desire it. Right. And it's not something that I ever feel jealous of them having a fun time with with the Father or with angels. I'm just like, oh, that's cool for you. That's how I feel about it. Because for me, I'm like, no, no, let's just go over here and teach me the really deep stuff, you know? Right. You know, I do
2: want to say about just about these custom-made relationships with the Lord um, that in in our ministry— We've had a lot of people like want to know how, how do you do this? How, how do I get to do that? Show me how you do it so that I can do it too. And it's, it's funny because it is always custom made. You know what I mean? Like what he's given me, he may not give to you, but he gives you something completely perfect for you and what you need and has to do with who you are and what your destiny is and it's not meant to be replicated you know what i mean like this whole thing with discipleship but that it's it's always a buzzword in every church everywhere always forever right but the whole thing about discipleship is personal relationship with jesus so i don't want to make disciples of kim cuz i don't want you to have the same relationship with jesus that i have because it is personal, I really want you to have this unique, tailor-made, like this thing that was made exactly for you that will appeal to everything that you need. It will fulfill you in every sense that it could possibly fulfill you in. But what he would do with you, if he did that with me, I wouldn't feel fulfilled because it's not made for me.
1: Right. Well, think about the relationships in your life. Like your relationship to your sister is that of a sister, but my relationship to you is that of a husband. And so you have other acquaintances and friends and people who've interacted with you during your entire life. And no one interaction is exactly the same with everybody. Now your attributes and your personality and who you are and all that remains constant. You are who you are, Mm -hmm. but in essence, every relational interaction that you have with anybody is revealing something else about you. And those interactions, those experiences are not replicated. And even if we did the same things, like if I went to the movies with you and right. then Christine went to the movies with you, still a different experience. We
2: could be at the same movie. Right. Eating the same popcorn. Right. And we would all still have separate
1: so experience right so when someone says oh well you know god wouldn't interact with you that way well how do you know because
2: well maybe he wouldn't interact with you that way but he might interact with them that way and i want to say this i mean just let me put this blanket statement over this whole podcast for kingdom builders for engaging heaven for everything it is never going to be our goal for you to have the same experience as us It will always be our goal to point you to Jesus and to the Father and to the Holy Spirit to have your own relationship, your own engagement, your own experience, everything, to have that for yourself because it is meant to be personal. It is not meant to be some blanket prescription.
0: Which leads me into the next question. Which I know we don't have a lot more time on here, but I do want to deal with this next question because it really goes along with this. What? I'm afraid of this question. No, it's don't not be real. because it's you're just
2: talking about it. You didn't even know. I was just telling her that I don't really know what any of this
0: means. Okay, well. Which led into be the fun. being unchurched. <laughs> now, okay, so this is the fourth question. What is the difference between the kingdom age and the church age? What were the rules of engagement then as compared to now? Okay. Um You guys okay, never <laughs> it's mind. It is a simple
2: answer for me because it is I have no idea.
0: Okay. <laughs> Let me just give my take on it and then you'll understand how it all ties in.
2: Okay, and give the premise because I don't I just don't know the language, I think.
0: Okay. Well, I'll just say this. There There's a changing of the times that happens um, in the heavenly realms, and it is a change of the times in the earth, okay? Mm -hmm. So right now, um, we have shifted. Um, There's been a changing of the times, okay? Now, let me just say this. This is what the Lord has shown me, and several of other people that I know. Um, How he showed me was totally different than everyone else, Um, but go and test everything yourself with the Lord, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm saying this as if it's fact because I believe it to be true, okay? But if the Lord speaks something different to you, just go with that. I don't care. So anyway, um, well, I'm just going to be serious. Like, we're all powerful to disagree. But um, the church age, it's, it's what we've been living in for quite a very long time, okay? We're basically... Um, and the reason I feel like I know about this is because one of my main mandates in life is bringing people into this new generation. And so it's about um, going from the Moses generation into the Joshua generation. I know about that. Yes, she does. And so anyway, what has happened for a long time in the church age has been that we have lived, basically since Constantine, we have lived in a time where a pastor has been the head of the church, mm-hmm. right? And everyone goes to church. The pastor leads everything. There might be a staff under the pastor, but the pastor's the lead person. And everyone goes to the pastor and says, Pastor, pastor, what does the Lord have to say to us now? You know, that's basically how it works, mm-hmm. right? Sit in a pew, listen to a sermon, go home, do your own thing. Well, pastor said this, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so that's really Like Moses. When Moses went to the mountain, he said, Come on, let's go to the mountain of the Lord. Everybody heard the thunder and lightning and crazy stuff, and they got scared and they said, No, no, Uh, Moses, you go to the Lord. Just tell us what to do, and we'll do it. We don't want to do that. And so that is. What happened in Moses' generation, they did everything that Moses said because Moses went to the Lord and heard from the Lord. And so in the church age, they were following after this Moses model, basically. And what has happened is there has been a complete shift. There has been a slight transition, I would say, going from the church age to the kingdom age. And that's when a lot of churches came under the fivefold ministry. Um, You can, you know, everybody probably understands what that is. If you go to Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about um, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, and how Jesus is the center and all of them are the body working together with him as the head, right? Mm -hmm. But then it says, until you grow into the full measure and stature of Christ, um, where you are mature and you are not blown to and fro by every wind of doctrine, the fullness of love, all Mm -hmm. of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so this until is coming into the Joshua generation. Um, The Joshua generation is when he went, he was one of uh, the people who found what was going on across the river and um, in the promised land, right? And he was there and it looked impossible, but he said, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Anyone else who wants to come and take the land that God has for us, come along, let's do it together. And so it was everyone going together to take the inheritance. And so the kingdom age, the shift into the kingdom age, has been something that um, has completely, it truly has shifted to where now things are happening from the kingdom of heaven into the earth. And so it's different where the church was a lot of, um, it it was for a purpose. The Lord has used the church age for a great purpose, right? Right. but there's been new things poured out to where the kingdom is pouring out into the earth like, um, I would say never before, but maybe a time that I'm unaware of, okay? But the kingdom age is coming and has come to where now... Kingdom government is coming to the earth. Kingdom order is being released into the earth. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I don't mean, hey, there's this one world government. Everybody thinks that's what I'm talking about. I'm not at all talking about that. I'm talking about God has a way of doing things that he says, here is the blueprint. Now, here is what you need to do to fulfill this blueprint that I'm giving you. Instead of the church where in the past we have a lot of times gone, let's all do this for the Lord, but we don't know what we're doing. So let's just come up with some clever ideas and do the best that we can for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, there was a lot less receiving from the Lord. Now, all of a sudden, people are going through the veil. The kingdom is being released, and you're actually functioning from the kingdom of heaven instead of just hoping to throw up prayers to the kingdom of heaven. Because this is kind of what has happened in the past, is everybody's kind of hoping to reach God by throwing up their prayers just hoping, praying that he's going to hear. And now it's it's different. When you're coming face to face with him, there's no hoping that that's happening. You're releasing things from heaven into the earth as sons. And so it's basically about revelation. I don't think that there are rules of engagement that have necessarily changed. I think they've always been there the same. Uh, The only difference, I would say, is now we understand them better. And so we're coming to a deeper understanding of how things function from heaven. And so we're being able to mature and grow Mm -hmm. into the full stature of Christ. And all of a sudden, we're starting to fulfill that Ephesians chapter 4, to now we're we're functioning differently as mature sons and kings and priests like under the order of Melchizedek this being priests and kings instead of just beggars and slaves you know we don't want to be those people anymore like we always have been right mm-hmm. so anyway so
1: i think what's important to to note about this is that when we're using the terms kingdom age and church age those phrases do not correlate with teachings about the kingdom and instances of the church in the scripture, because I'm not saying it's not valid. What I'm saying is when Jesus came and said, you know, the kingdom of God is here. And then he says, I will build my church and Mm -hmm. the gates of hell will not prevail against it. um, We're not saying those are direct correlations between what we're talking about, what we are talking about. So when we read Scripture, we're reading about an invisible God breaking into a physical world and interacting with people and revealing His character and His will for people mm-hmm. in that time. And some of that stuff, that some of that will is still in effect right now. But the way that God dealt with kings and nations... And people in that time have, it changed the way that he dealt with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, all through Genesis, we get different instances. Like at one time, he flooded the earth, right? Like, I mean, just, he's not doing that right now. So what's important about this is that it's in that relationship with the Father. And, you know, Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, if we listen... God will say, yeah, and here's my will. Mm-hmm. And so his will for this age and this time and these people may be, look different, may look different than what was happening in biblical times. Right. Right. So we ju- it's just important to to note that, that God's, his heart and his will and his character, yeah, it's consistent all throughout scripture and it's consistent in this age, but the way that he's, interacting with this generation is very different, right? At one point, you know, Stephen, I think what it was, had to, you know, run beside a chariot so that an Ethiopian eunuch would come to know the Lord. Well, now you've got missionaries walking the streets of everywhere, meeting people where they're at. Like, it's a method, but it's different, Right. right? So different times, different people, he's doing the same stuff, but he's having a yeah, things are shifting. And so, anyways, I just think that's important. Because I do too.
0: I think that, you know, especially the things you said about um, the church and the kingdom, don't misunderstand. The church is the precious bride of Christ. Um, I am in no way saying otherwise. It's not that the church is, is being done away with. That is not... At all. What's happening is there's just a changing of how God is interacting with us and how we are then to interact with him and how we are supposed to function as the body of Christ. That's
1: really what it's about. And I think what's interesting about this as well is that, you know, people there are a lot of people right now, and I'm not trying to open a can of worms, a lot of people right now who have been going to church their entire life and they've been doing it this way and they're saying, it's not enough. It's not enough. And they're they're getting to a place and they're focusing and they're saying, Right? Like, they're pressing in and God's like, Hey, what's up? It's good to hear from you. Let me show you some stuff. Yeah. You know? And so it's it's the spirit in us that's crying out to him, desiring him. We're listening to that desire. We're acting on that desire and we're going to him. And there's just a shifting of hearts really is what I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe that kind of boils down to it. It's bigger than I understand at this moment, but really that's, that's kind of what's happening is that a lot of people are moving into that. Yeah. Just whatever you say, God, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a, more of a, yeah, as a church, we're seeking him, but individually people's hearts are being turned back to him and there's a, a there's a desire deeper desire and so now there's a different interaction because it it's ne- necessary it mm-hmm. calls for it right it's his response to that
0: mm-hmm. i i want to give a little example of something um kind of moving from the church age into the kingdom age just as a person okay because today i was talking with someone um a close friend of mine and um she was uh praying with me and she was wanting to pray for my healing and at first when she started to pray she prayed in what i would call a prayer from the church age okay mm-hmm. and it was um god would you please heal her and would you um would you pour out this and you know basically asking him to do this stuff right without really knowing what he was up to, okay? That was what she was doing. Great heart, absolutely, you know, for the Lord, for me, out of love. Awesome. Different than Kingdom Age. And I then started saying, well, this is because I was also praying for her at the same time, but my way of praying is definitely Kingdom Age. <laughs> um, and I can't pray like that anymore. Um, it's not that I can't. I... I There's a check in my spirit about it because I, what I do when I pray is I press in to see what the father's doing. So I go and I'm going, all right, what is happening with her? What do I need? What are you wanting me to do in participation, if anything? And so then I saw on her how, you know, I thought I would be pouring out healing by laying on hands on her because, you know, I'm a gifted healer. But the Lord, what he had me do was just release the shalom over her because he showed me that um, she was so tense that this was hurting her body and she needed this relaxation of the Lord and to rest in him. And so I just told her what was going on and that I was releasing the shalom and all the stuff. And, and then after that, she started seeing what she needed to see about what the father was doing in me, which was totally different than how she prayed. And so afterwards I talked to her about how we have to mature as sons and quit begging God for things mm-hmm. and not knowing what he's up to and assuming that because you prayed for somebody else this way, that that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. We need to always be looking and governing from heaven. Mm-hmm. So when we are participating with him as kings and priests in heaven, in the kingdom— we are actually looking and administering the kingdom into the earth. Yep. And that's the difference between the church age and the kingdom age to me, is that it is it's, yeah, it's now good. participating with him instead of begging him for everything.
2: I think that's good. I One of the things that as you're talking about this, and Jason, as you're talking about this, one of the things that the Lord is really impressing on me about it, obviously me coming in not knowing what the church age is and what, not knowing what the kingdom age is, is that we've been praying all of these years, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and now kingdom is being released into the earth. And it's different than it ever has been before. Mm -hmm. So we're going to really start seeing, and we already have really started seeing, some shifts in the natural that is changing things spiritually and in the natural to turn into kingdom and not earthly kingdom right you know what i mean there's i mean we've we've been participating in stuff for probably the last three four years even unbeknownst to us knowing that we're participating in this and really releasing kingdom into the earth and it is only through what he's prompted us to do. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I can do personally that I can just come up with in my head to do this. Right. But he's showing us these things that look crazy to the world, but it's because it is not about this world. It's about kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's showing us these things that we have to do to get these things into the earth, but this is what he's promised us all along, right? And so it's, it really is a cool time I have to say, because there, there's this shift and we're able to see both sides, Mm -hmm. you know, it is, I don't know, it's almost as though we're in the Jordan, (laughs) you know, (laughs) truly like we can see both shores Mm -hmm. and we know what's in both places. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a matter of like, we're getting there. We are actively participating in getting to the kingdom.
0: Right. Yep. Well, that's about it. So, you guys, thank you for joining us today on our Kingdom Builders podcast. Look at us building the kingdom. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh,
1: The other day I was listening to the Kingdom Bringer podcast, and it's actually really good. I need to reach out to the guy. We should collaborate. We should. He had a lot of, he was talking to one guy about some stuff, and I was like, I got to talk to that guy, too. So, (laughs) Awesome. cool.
2: Cool. Thanks for tuning in, guys.
1: Okay, bye. (laughs) See ya.